welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. We would like to thank our friends at Premium Bar Products for sponsoring this episode. If you're ready to step up your game at your home bar, check out premiumbarproducts.com to choose from their wide selection of glassware, all of which can be custom engraved with your personal message or logo. And there's no minimum order. So after the episode, head over to premiumbarproducts.com and check out everything they have to offer. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is The Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, we are on StreamYard. We've got a very special guest. And we're drinking something a little bit different than we normally do, aren't we? Yeah, we're drinking a little bit of Irish whiskey. Now, we have said in the past that we may be the bourbon road, but every now and then we're going to take that side road, right? Because we are lovers of whiskey, are we not? Definitely. So we got Napogue Castle Irish whiskey with us today. We got Tony Carroll. Tony, how you doing? I'm very well, Big Chief. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Jim. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the bourbon road. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So we don't waste a whole lot of time up front chit-chatting. We like to get straight to the first glass. And we're, we're going to go ahead and sample it, if that's okay with you. Uh, and while we're uh, while we're nosing that glass, we'd like you to tell everybody a little bit about, about what, we're, what we're nosing. Absolutely. So I'm going to join you guys, and uh, we're going to have a little sample of uh, the Napo Castle 12-year-old uh, single malt Irish whiskey. So... First of all, I guess a little bit of background on the on what we're going to drink here right now. This is single malt Irish whiskey. So this is very much what we would call the premium, super premium end of the Irish whiskey business. Um, I do appreciate you guys are huge fans and lovers of uh, the bourbon uh, whiskey, which is high end and fabulous. Irish whiskey drinkers and worldwide whiskey drinkers absolutely love bourbon. But today we're going to discuss Irish whiskey. So for super premium Irish whiskey, we've got 12-year-old single malt Irish whiskey aged in grade one bourbon barrels, which you're very, very uh, accustomed to. Grade, uh, grade three char uh, for the single malt Irish whiskey and aged for 12 years. So this would be an entry level for Napoleon Castle, which would be at a very, very high level right now for a lot of the new distilleries coming on board. They would be probably entry level year five, year four, five and six. But for Napoleon Castle, we jump off and jump in at a 12 year old single malt, which really gives our consumers and our customers a super premium entry level. Just, we believe, right to sample the premiumization and the quality of the liquid but also to uh, really uh, maybe just to be able to jump in and appreciate the, uh, the the qualities of super premium Irish whiskey. I'm getting so, some bananas on this. Are you getting that, Jim? A little bit. I'm also getting um, sort of a, a nice light airy fruit, uh, kind of a peach or a, or a pear. Um, a little bit of uh, a yeah. little bit of a, uh, kind of an aromatic mint quality to it, but uh, it makes it kind of light and refreshing. Now that I said banana, I'm thinking I get a little bit of banana Laffa Taffy on this. 
You ever had that before? <laughs> I had a laugh at taffy. <laughs> Laffy yeah. taffy. You know, it's saltwater taffy, uh, but then the banana flavor, I get that on the nose. Yeah. Well, the, co- the color is nice and light. Um, and I would call it a golden amber. Golden amber, absolutely. And, and, and for us, first of all, when we're having a look and sort of considering the whiskey, we'd always have a little look in the glass uh, and just consider the solidity on the side of our glass and the legs that the whiskey uh, and the liquid produces. And straight away, you can see some really long uh, linear lines, which is a really good sign of the liquid. And of course, the maturity that's in that whisk in that liquid. Uh, second of all, for us, me personally, a little bit of biscuity uh, flavor, nice bit of vanilla coming in off the cask as well. But for me, I get the fruitiness definitely, but more biscuity for me is what I'm really getting here. Peppery and biscuity would be uh, the two flavors that come to mind for me. But again, very, very important when we're discussing whiskey, guys. Everybody has a very, very um, individual taste profile of what they're drinking. And that can always come from what did you just have for dinner? For example, I just had a beautiful fillet steak for dinner. I got lucky tonight, guys. The wife cooked me a beautiful (laughs) steak. Uh, but but you know it could depend you guys could have a curry tonight Sasha might be after having some uh, fish and seafood so we all have different uh, you know build ups and foundations just pre to our nosing and our tasting always very important to remember now Tony where do you live at I live in southern Ireland so I live in a in a county called Waterford Um, an awful lot of people in America would know Waterford because of uh, one of our most famous exports, which was Waterford Crystal, which is a very famous uh, glass manufacturing business, uh, still up and running. Uh, so I'm about 40 minutes from where the fabulous Napoleon Castle is produced and aged, which is Middleton in County Cork. So I live in Southern Ireland. Well, Jim, I okay. said, let's taste this. Right, let's do it. Okay, let's launch it. Now I'm getting that peppery, a little bit of baked goods, definitely there. Not so much. There you go. Not so much. I think the fruity aromas were more on the nose than they are on the palate. Yeah, definitely a little more uh, kind of baked good, peppery. But I'm still getting, I'm still getting the, I think the peach, a little bit of peach. Yeah. And, and, and you know, um, in prepping for today, uh, before I joined you guys on the call, I generally would warm up with a with a, with a napogue or, or or whatever I was thinking about tasting, but today I decided, and I've recently noticed, possibly because of COVID, um, we spent to drink a lot, maybe just at home and sitting on the couch, and so we're not we're not particularly in our usual drinking environments. Um, but today I actually warmed up with a Clontarf single malt, which is about a four to five year old, and I done it deliberately just to see. What is the real measuring points with a four to five year old entry level single malt to a 12 year old? And for me, straight away, the one word that I will mention quite a bit with Napoke here, there is a challenge to it. It's, lo- it's, it's peppery, it's biscuity, there's a lot going on, but it's unbelievably smooth. And I, I think that's the beauty of the Napoke Castle 12 year old single malt. The smoothness is uh, remarkable. And that, of course, comes with the triple distilled. I get that little bit of peppery on there, um, almost like a white pepper, Jim. Just uh, very, like you said, it's smooth. It's uh, mm. 
I'm, I'm getting something else from it though. I still get a little bit of banana in that. Not, not like an over-ripened banana, but a very fresh banana. Wow. What about you, Jim? Yeah, I think uh, I'm sort of paying more attention right now to the texture and it's definitely, uh, it's got that, um, that buttery, creamy texture to mm. it. Um, warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's warm. It's, yeah. uh, it's warming me up a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of, uh, what we like to call a Kentucky hug, but it's not deep. It's kind of shallow Correct. and sort of hanging on the, hang on the, on the back of my palate. Very enjoyable. Very nice. Yeah, and I, I think as well, you know, we, we always say it's one of the main reasons why Napole Castle decided uh, we're very, very lucky to have the liquid, obviously, uh, at, at such a matured stage. But we really believe it's a it's an excellent jumping in point and jumping off point of 12 years because it's giving you um, a really smooth experience. It's giving you lovely flavor. But as well as that, it's not it's not too aggressive. Uh, on your first attempt. And I think people, uh, male, female, that really enjoy the 12 will be happy to go through the gears and try the 14 and the 16 and onto our 21s and our finishes. So the bottle is named or the, the, the brand is named Napoke Castle. Obviously, there's some history there. Could you sort of give us a little bit of background? Yeah, there's a small bit of history. Um, we're uh, in the 1400s. Uh, a famous clan in Ireland, one of the high kings of uh, Munster, uh, the McNamara clan. Sean McNamara was one of the high kings of Munster. And uh, he had over 42 different castles in uh, the west of Ireland. And uh, of the 42 castles, the head of those 42 was Napole Castle. Um, he ran that uh, castle for... I guess the guts of a century, the McNamara, the McNamara clan had the castle. But unfortunately, by the 1600s, the castle had fell into disrepair through battle, through the invasions of um, um, the English. Uh, so rack and ruin. And it was actually in the hands of a farmer until uh, a fabulous American man by the name of Mark Edwin Andrews uh, and his wife, Lavone came to Ireland uh, wanted to find something special and unique that they could rebuild and add to the heritage of Ireland. And they found Napole Castle, which they brought back to its uh, former glory. So when they took over the castle, Mark was a very astute businessman, made an awful lot of money uh, in America and started buying um, serious amounts of whiskey. And one of his most famous whiskeys was, of course, the 1951, uh, which he... Uh, purchased in Tullamore, uh, which is another famous distillery in Ireland, and B. Daly Distillery in Tullamore. And uh, he actually bottled it under the Napole Castle brand in 1987. So it was a 36-year-old first release. And, you know, when we talk about history and generations, only this week, would you believe, uh, I was dealing with Mark Edwin Andrews III, who is the president of Napole Castle, and um, we are sending our first uh, batch of uh, 1951 Founders uh, collection. So from his father's uh, collection to China, which is, you know, such a beautiful thing for me to be able to be involved in. And such an exciting time for the brand that we still have 1951, not only to send to Asia, but then to build with our new releases of 12, 14, 16, 21 and into the finishes. Now, I've, I was reading a little bit 
and so at some point there, you were doing you weren't doing aged releases; you were doing vintage releases. Correct. Uh, so what's the, for our listeners? What's the difference between a vintage release and then an aged release like you're doing now? Yeah, so the the vintage releases generally were finished by, on, on a cask finish, so a particular cask they were used. They put the year on it, so I think there was a two thousand, uh, etc. So that was generally the main difference. Where we would do one release, it would be an aged release. We would only have a certain amount of casks or barrels and certain amount of cases, and we'd move them on. It was a minimum release, and out they go. The difference with the finishes now that we do. So, for example. If you can see just here behind me, we've got the Marsala, we've got a cask strength, we've got Burgundy, we've got French oak and Pichon Baron. What we're trying to do right now is we want uh, longevity to our releases. And really what we want to do is with the Nepal Castle consumer, we want to bring them on a journey. We don't want to give you something that is one off. You enjoy it, but you'll never get it again. Because consumers can tire of that. So what we've tried to do now is we've tried to bring in the 12, the 14 and 16 and the 21, which are sort of our mainstay uh, products and SKUs. But what we've done now is we've aged uh, 12-year-old Napogue for over 15 months to two, uh, 15 months to three years in uh, Barolo wine casks, Pichon Baron casks and Marsala casks. And of course, these are some of the most famous wine finishes in the world. And what we were trying to do is we're bringing our consumer on a journey where an awful lot of the Nepal Castle consumers, they also drink red wine, white wine, etc. And what we want to do is we want to add to that journey. We want to grow with them and their education as well. So let's enjoy a Barolo on a night out with our wives and our girlfriends and our boyfriends, but also then enjoy uh, a single malt Irish whiskey, 12 year old expression aged in that Barolo or that Pichon. So it's really uh, a sort of a journey that we want to go on with our consumers, but also guarantee that it, the skew and the volume will always be there. I think this is a it's a beautiful whiskey for the fall season, perfect for this time of year here in Kentucky. Um, and for our listeners out there, if you're going to start looking for this, you can find it anywhere almost in the United States, a couple of bars in Louisville actually have it, Jim. I think right downtown, there's a bar that has it and a couple Irish pubs that have it here in Louisville. So it can be found at Lick Barn and Total Wine almost anywhere in the United States. So our listeners can go out and find this um, virtually wherever they are. Uh, Do you guys distribute worldwide? Yeah, we distribute worldwide. So um, I manage all international markets uh, off the rock that you guys call America. Uh, but within America, yeah, we're a reserve bar. Uh, right now, I think we're trending at something like number three whiskey uh, on reserve bar. Um, sales are phenomenal right now on, on online. And I think, again, we don't want to keep harping on about COVID, but uh, COVID has been very, very good for, I think, super premium, um, less well-known brands because the consumer, obviously, the reason why we spend so much money and the reason why brands spend so much money on advertising is because we have so much little time in our day uh, to think about what's the next purchase is going to be for my whiskey for the weekend, that they spend money on advertising. But now that we have an awful lot more time because of COVID and the consumer can go online and read these articles or she can look online and see the different websites and different uh, material, they're beginning to look at brands like Napogue, 
understand their value. And and one thing I will say as well for super premium single malt Irish whiskey, Nepal Castle is unbelievably well priced in the American market. Yeah, I think there's only four states that four or five states that you can't get it. And there's those are controlled states. MSRP or in the store, $35.99. That's not too bad for a 12-year-old whiskey. Wow. That's no, really good. Absolutely not. So let me ask you a sort of a basic question. Why why bourbon barrels? Why are bourbon barrels the aging barrel of choice for uh, your whiskey coming off the still? Yeah. Um, historically, really, the answer to that is because uh, they were available and easily and readily available simply because, you know, an awful lot of the time sort of, you know, pre-World Wars, uh, accessibility and good quality barrel was something that was very difficult to find uh, and source for the Irish distillers at the time. Um, so bourbon barrel was something uh, that was uh, readily available uh, accessible, able to ship from the States and straight over. So the American White Oak X bourbon barrel was something really not because it was uh, historically or scientifically proven was the best barrel to use, but simply because it was readily available at the time. But a lot of our cousins, so for example, um, Scotch whiskey, Scotch whiskey at a time when World War II hit and Irish whiskey couldn't source more bourbon barrels simply because of World War. Uh, the Scotch um, community decided to start sourcing barrels from uh, Europe, in Sweden, in the Nordics, um, different flavors, but they were quite happy because there was a lot of blending going on. Irish whiskey suffered then because we were very, very resolute. It was bourbon barrel. It was consistency. We always liked the flavor uh, and the liquid and the coloring and the maturity that came from the bourbon barrel. So we wanted to stick to it. And hence, we have predominantly stuck to it. And and look, we are beginning to maybe do a little bit more experimentation. But I think going forward, the foundation and the future of Irish whiskey will always be based on a bourbon barrel. Well, that's a great answer. I'd love to hear that. I I think that, you know, we, we love to see those barrels get a second life. We love to see them go out there and and do some more good. Yeah, look, uh, you know, you've got to remember as well, you know, when you're fighting in a world that's so competitive on a brand level, you know, to have an association with the bourbon whiskey and our brothers and sisters that are in the Irish whiskey, or sorry, the bourbon whiskey industry in America, it, it can only be uh, something to boast about and advertise because your whiskey, the bourbon, is a phenomenal product. Uh, if you respect Irish whiskey, and I would be a believer in a real whiskey drinker, understands and respects his bourbon, his Irish, his Scotch, et cetera, et cetera. So it's nothing for us to be only proud uh, that we we age our Irish whiskey in bourbon casks. So, so Tony, what you're saying is, is that Americans drink a crap ton of bourbon and have a whole excess of bourbon barrels to use. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm actually, I was in Louisville um, about two years ago and I had the pleasure of calling to one of our uh, barn suppliers. Uh, God, guys, I wonder, can you, can you give me the name of it? Um, they char their own barns. They're, they're huge producers down there in Louisville. But it was Kelvin. Kelvin Kelvin. Oh my God! What a what an absolute honor uh, to spend some time 
uh, there when I was down in Louisville um, to 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 examine exactly how they're making the barrels, how they char them, uh, they send them out to their bourbon customers, but also then the agreement that they take them back in and then organize to send them off to the Irish whiskey um, uh, distributors in, in Ireland to age distillers uh, and to produce. So uh, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful cycle. Uh, and I think it, it just goes to show the brotherhood and sisterhood that is in um, uh, the whiskey business. Well, Mike, I think I learned something new today. I didn't realize the Cooperage did that service. They take them back in and oh, then yeah. ship them. Wow. It's a, what a, what a business, uh, what a business idea and what a cycle they sell to, uh, the main, the Jack Daniels, the Brown Foreman's. And, uh, once the life cycle is over for the bourbon, they bring it back in, they take our orders and they ship them straight to Ireland. So it's a, it's a match made in heaven. I think that's, that's pretty awesome. That's recycling at its best right there. It goes through two. And even after probably you guys use it, it probably gets used again. Yeah. And look, you know, we, we obviously, you know, take that to another level then when we're taking in, you know, sherry butts uh, from Spain or we take in Mar uh, Marsala and Barolo casks uh, from the wine areas of Italy and France. So all of a sudden, you know, and that's a very good point, uh, Mike, about, you know, the upcycling, uh, not just, we, you know, we've aged our whiskey, out goes the barrel, that we are now upcycling the, 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 the sherry butts, uh, the wine casks. Uh, the whiskey, you name it. So it's, yeah, definitely. It's uh, quite a, a modern topic. Well, Tony, we'll take a quick break here. Listeners, we'll come back. Jim's going to drink some 16-year-old. I don't know how he got that bottle. And I'm going to drink some 14-year-old. Um, and uh, we'll keep chatting with Tony about Napogue Castle brands. See you in a couple minutes. <laughs> like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of the Bourbon Road. Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Logheads Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Logheads Rustic Furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, Give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Logheads Home Center. All right, so we are back and we're with Tony Carroll from Napo Castle Distillery and uh, we've uh, completed our first half. We tasted their 12 year. We got to talk a little bit about the history of the company and uh, a little bit about uh, what it means to be an Irish whiskey and how it's made. And, and in this half, 
we're going to try their 14-year and their 16-year uh, expressions. And today, Mike, you have a 14-year. I have a 16-year. So we'll let Tony lead the tasting, and then uh, we'll each talk about the one we have. How's that? Let's do it. All right. Okay, guys. So uh, we're going to try the 14-year-old single malt in the Pole Castle Irish Whiskey. Uh, it's 46% ABV, so I think we're talking about 92% proof, if I'm correct in saying that, for the states. Um, this tasting right now, um, we are talking about bourbon cask and a marriage with a sherry oloroso cask. So just some history on here. First of all, for the, for the bourbon cask, we've got, what we've done is for 14 years, we've aged in... Uh, bourbon cask, grade one bourbon cask, grade three char. So full 14 years Irish whiskey in bourbon cask. For the same 14 years, we've aged in bourbon, or sorry, in sherry oloroso cask uh, for 14 years. So what we've got here in the bottle is a marriage. And ideally, and sort of this is a really, really good example of the, the mastery of the master blender when we come to talking about distillers. Uh, and distilleries, we would have expected about a 50-50% um, mix here with the liquid. 50% bourbon cask, 50% oloroso cask. But of course, the, uh, the experience of the distiller and the blender, it actually ended up to be 80% bourbon, 20% sherry oloroso. So what he found was that was the perfect mix for the 14-year-old. But what he did was rather than the 43% of the 12-year-old that we just previously tasted, he's moved it up now up to uh, 92 proof in America, which is a really, really a nice kick of alcohol. He wants you to pick up on the sherry oloroso notes, but also really appreciate uh, also the 80% of the bourbon cask that you're beginning to taste as well. So it's uh, uh, what I would say about this is it's a real complex whiskey it's a real step up from the 12 we've had a really lovely entry level quite smooth with the 12 this is a real step up now we're getting different complex wine uh, whiskey we're getting the oloroso we're getting the bourbon and we're also getting the extra kick with the alcohol so we have a really really nice fun packed whiskey here so uh let's dive in first mike and uh have a little look again when we look at the side uh, of our glass when we tip her sideways. Great longevity in the in in the legs and the, the the solidity of the whiskey. Again, we know we're dealing with a serious whiskey. Beautiful coloring again, sort of a deep golden uh, whiskey here. So again, we can see the maturity coming through on this. Again, as I said, eighty percent bourbon, twenty percent sherry oloroso cask. One thing I will say about you know, super premium and premium whiskies in Irish whiskey. We spend an awful lot of money and time and investment in the cask and the wood. And remember, when we talk about whiskey and we talk about producing whiskey, it takes on average about 35, 36 days to produce a barrel or a batch of Nepal Castle Irish whiskey. That actually just produces clear liquid for us. So remember the importance of the wood, the barrel in all of this. The barrel gives us the color, it gives us the flavor. And if we close our eyes, guys, whether it's brown liquid, whether it's clear liquid, we want to drink with our nose and we want to drink with our with our taste. So for us, 
the wood is all important. And we go to great depths and great lengths to source grade one bourbon barrel from the top two bourbon producers in the States, which I'm sure you guys are well aware who that is. They're phenomenal price barrels, but we do purchase them because we know if they're producing grade one whiskey and bourbon, we're going to get that added flavor and benefit into our Irish whiskey. Second of all, when we want to source the sherry on our also, we go to the very best bodegas in Spain to source them. We label them. We make sure they know when they're finished with that producing it, their sherry on also, it comes to Ireland for an abode. So there's a real backdrop to getting the product that you're going to drink in the 14. It's the grade one bourbon barrel. It's uh, the high grade sherry on also. It's the aging for 14 years. Uh, we age our Irish whiskey in very, very mild temperate climate. Uh, Irish whiskey is easily matured in Ireland simply because our climate is very, very stable. There is no peaks and troughs. We don't have cold winters and hot summers. Unfortunately, we've got about rain about 364 days of the year. Uh, so uh, it, ain't, it ain't summer climate. It ain't too cold either. Funnily enough, there's a good story there. We had a heat wave about two years ago. So it's going to be very, very interesting in about another 10 years when, when we start aging and bottling those whiskies that come out. During the heat wave, what will be the fluctuation? What will be the difference in the taste profile? Because we've just had an extremely hot summer. So that is the beauty of the temperature that we generally age in in Ireland, but there's always fluctuations. So, um, Mike, again... Sorry, Mike, go. I was going to say this This uh, nose on this, it's almost like walking into a flower shop. It's very floral. I still get a little bit of that banana taffy. I know that's weird, but I still get a little bit of that. A little bit of citrus on the nose and stuff. Now I'm interested, yeah. very interested to taste it, though. I've, so I've got apricot, apple and apricot is what I've got, got coming off it now nose-wise. Uh, again. Uh, you know, front palate, unbelievably uh, smooth again, um, approachable whiskey. Um, I'm getting fruity, getting a little bit of nut. And I, I am beginning now, this time, I'm getting a lot of vanilla, which is coming from the bourbon barrel. But I would hope certainly, Mike, that you're getting on the nose without doubt, there is definitely a sherry influence coming in off the nose. Would you get that? I get. I definitely get that. But what I do get is a vanilla buttery cake frosting on this. Um, just that yeah. homemade, you know, you pour some, like some Mexican vanilla in there and make that uh, frosting for a good cake. And you almost can taste that cake too in it. Um, this is such a beautiful whiskey. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, it's funny, you know, when, when, when we talk about, we've just tasted a 12. And, and if you were to even take out the, the sherry contribution in this, Mike, you know, we're talking just two years, but isn't it amazing what the two years flavor-wise brings to the whiskey? You know, when you talk about, you know, the different flavors, uh, you know, the strength of the whiskey and, and what you're getting from it. Two years really does make a difference. And sometimes you often hear consumers, oh, you know, why am I paying so much more for two more years? You've just proved our point because the flavor and the experience can be so much highlighted, you know? A lot less spice on this. I actually got a story about frosting. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my mom would like have to hide the cake frosting 
because I would take and eat it with a spoon. Um, and then none of my brothers or sister were getting frosted just get a dry cake. Well, I got to enjoy the frosting. Um, and it's probably why I'm a foot taller than almost all of them <laughs> is that uh, cake yeah. frosting. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, funny enough, uh, a, a tasting note that often comes from a lot of uh, consumers uh, when I'm tasting the pub with them is a uh, Christmas cake. Um, and I think that's maybe something that you're sort of referring back to uh, is that sort of fruitiness and, and deepness, which is uh, certainly with the vanilla as well, is in the flavor of all the pubs, 12, 14, 16, and our finishes. So um, well done for picking up on that. A little bit of... <laughs> That citrus, maybe uh, a orange, um, like an orange jelly. What's that stuff? Marmalade. Want some orange marmalade. marmalade? I'm picking up on maybe just a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Like as I said, like sort of the fruity, nutty sort of uh, aspect to it that I'm picking up on with the strong vanilla. But as well as that, you got to remember you're bringing in the sherry oloroso here. So the sherry oloroso is completely aged in a different climate coming from Spain, northern Spain, down into the uh, southern Spain, into the bodegas. So you're picking up on an awful lot of sort of different aging and uh, heat climate as well. So um, I would totally agree with you. Yeah, sort of, it's, a, it's more complex. So the MSRP on here is $60. Picked it up a little bit, but still, for a 14-year-old whiskey, that's still a great price. I think it is. And me and Jim, just last week, we actually drank two whiskeys that one was $100 and one was $190 um, for around that same age. So for $60, if our listeners are listening, you want to get out there and pick up an older aged whiskey at a little bit cheaper price. This ain't something bad to grab right here. A little bit harder to find in the United States. Probably about half the stores have it, but still worth the hunt. So, Mike, do you mind me asking, you know, with the 92 proof and the, 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 the step up from the 12-year-old in alcohol content here, you feel it, uh, it, it's worthy of the 14-year-old? I think it is. I think it's beautiful. I always, Jim would say that I always say that I'd like to see it age longer or I'd like to see the proof go up. But 92 proof for this is pretty spot on. Um, it is a beautiful sipping whiskey. You could sip this year round from the fall to the winter to the spring and the summertime. I couldn't mix it with anything. I just think that would do it disjustice uh, for a 14 year old whiskey, um, but still a great whiskey. Tell me, Mike, uh, I'm going to ask you two things. We just tasted the 12. We just tasted the 14. Give me a month that you'd like to drink 12 year old and give me a month You'd like to drink 14. So I'd say that 12 year old is a good October fall season for the state of Kentucky. Cool weather is just coming on. You get that little bit of spice, you get that little bit of hug right there in your throat. Um, mm. And then probably July uh, when Kentucky is 100 degrees. This 14 year old is perfect. It's got that, them floral notes are coming through, that sweetness, that that cake icing it is perfect uh for a summer sipper if somebody's looking for it that's saying a lot for me because i'm a weeded whiskey guy i love some wheat whiskey but this would stand up right against it wow that's fabulous i love that mike because uh that's such a contrast from the 12 to the 14 you've gone from winter straight into summer there so uh well just goes to show how versatile the whiskey is most definitely 
We better let Jim drink some whiskey here now because he's got that 16 year. I can see he's killing him. I got I got that itch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if 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 um we're tasting the 14 year old with Mike, uh we spoke about um an 80-20 rule, which was 80% bourbon barrel finished, and we had a 20% sherry also finish. So a beautiful combination with sort of a slow um minimum influence of the sherry all are also really what the master blender wants to achieve with the 16 year old is the maturity obviously of a 16 year old uh irish single malt irish whiskey but also he really really wants to challenge the consumer um with the influence of the sherry all are also so what we've done here is we've aged for a full 14 years in grade one bourbon barrel and then for a full two years, swapped out all the liquid and straight into a sherry oloroso cask um, for two years. So what you should be experiencing here is all the beauty and all the flavor of a 14-year-old single malt Irish whiskey bourbon cask, and then picking up the huge, huge influence of the sherry oloroso. So again, we have a little look and look at the legs again. Great solidity, great legs, as per all uh, Nepal Castle finishes were very, very lucky. High-end premium single malt Irish whiskey. Beautiful, strong nose. Again, straight away, we're talking about the malty, fruity nose on this, but straight away, if you're not getting Sherry Oloroso from this, Jim, it's time to book yourself into the doctor and get your sinuses or your nose checked out. Well, I guess there's only one thing I can say then, right? Definitely picking up that sherry. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this so is screaming sherry. Yeah, so this this is definitely reminiscent of some uh, some uh, well finished uh, whiskeys that I've had uh, that have spent some time in Oloroso barrels. They definitely pick up those extra fruity notes. It's also picked up some color as well. So this one's a little bit darker. Very dark, absolutely. Compared yeah. to the other. 14 and 16 so 12 and 14 absolutely yeah you can see the color change and now we've we've dropped down from the 14 the 14 was at 92 proof and this one's at 86 correct we're back down to 86 absolutely and, and, and the reason why behind that um is because we've aged for two years in the sherry otter also and the master blender wanted to make sure you you don't get blinded by the strength of the alcohol. He really wants you to pick up on the flavor and the influence of the sherry oloroso here. So this is really this whole production of the sixteen is around experiencing the difference in barrel finish of sherry oloroso. Yeah. So this is rich and sweet. It's creamy as well. It definitely has a. a a more fruity note, a more um, a more deep and rich, a little bit darker note than the twelve has. Uh, it's picking up that definitely picking up that sherry, picking up that color of the sherry, picking up the richness of that sherry, and uh, but it's maintaining that that creaminess, that uh, that nice viscous mouthfeel that I just love. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's a beautiful whiskey. It really it is. is. You know, and a, a, a term that's used in, in wine a lot is it's a, it's what full-bodied. This would be classed as a real full-bodied whiskey here. It's a, it's a real uh, mouthful, uh, beautiful, succulent uh, Irish whiskey. Uh, maltiness 
as well, but beautiful lingering sweetness to it. I think as well, you know, for me, um, it'd be interesting to hear. I asked Mike about, you know, give me his 12-year-old month and give me his 14-year-old month. What's your month that you would associate the 16-year-old with, Jim? Okay, so this one is... um... This one's really hanging out on my mid palate a little bit more. Uh-huh. So not so much in the back, so not so much of a, a hug and a, a nice warming effect on the back. So I would definitely put this one in the warmer months. But I might go spring with this. I might talk about Midwestern U.S., April, May. April, May. Wow. April, May. Um, it, it, uh, generally, when I'm, produ- or when I'm presenting uh, Nepal Castle in uh, international markets, and a lot of people ask me, when would you really like the 16-year-old? I always um, allude to the 16 for me would be uh, very much a, when we get to the lighting the fire season in okay. Ireland, late November, December, because it's quite a heavier whiskey compared to the 14 and the 12. But again, this is the beauty of experiencing different people's opinions uh, and and where they live is simply because you guys are in a very very hot climate. So it doesn't particularly mean you know. For me, it's raining, as I said, uh, pretty much every day of the year. But uh, it gets much colder in Ireland later on in the year for you guys. Uh, and and drinking bourbon, you've got a different perspective on it, and that's lovely to hear. Yeah, and this one actually has a little bit of a just a a hint of a savory note to it for me yeah uh so i'm thinking about that that first of the season breaking out the the barbecue grill and having something uh you know smoking on the grill early on in the season and having something like this i think it would be nice and yeah you you know it is different for different people we live in we live in bourbon country we're in the we're in the middle of the u.s it gets a little bit hot here in the summer gets quite cold in the winter Mm. and our seasons are you know, we have four very distinct seasons here. So that affects our palates. I think it absolutely does. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and again, you know, you, you're, you're, uh, you're very, very lucky. You've got a lot of barbecue season. And barbecue season does really, you know, uh, play to the strengths of, um, I, I, I think, of whiskey uh, sampling and enjoyment. So uh, you're quite lucky. Can I ask a question in regards to Irish whiskey? Is it something that's becoming more prevalent and uh, more uh, accessible and more, I guess, more sampled and enjoyed uh, in the bourbon community? Or wh- where are we? Where do you think you are? Uh, there's probably there's probably two schools of thought there. I think those there are those who feel like, and it's probably the same with Irish whiskey uh, aficionados and Scotch aficionados and bourbon aficionados. There are those people who like to stay in their lane. Okay, but then there are also those people who like to step outside that lane and experience new things. And I think Irish whiskey presents a very great opportunity for somebody who likes the, uh, you know, the wide variety of flavors in a bourbon and a bourbon. So uh, for me, I've always been a lover of Irish whiskey. Mike and I have had Irish whiskeys on the show before. Yeah, so Mike and I are. Um, quite familiar with Irish whiskeys. You know, we both have Irish whiskeys in our bar. We've had we've had Irish whiskeys on the Bourbon Road show before. Uh, so I think that, you know, our at least our listeners have been introduced to Irish whiskey and are open to exploring the world of Irish whiskey. So, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity uh, for some, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? 
communicating across the aisle, right? Yeah, I think that's a great uh, uh, explanation uh, to our relationship and for to the bourbon drinker. I, I guess the next question I would have is, do you guys, uh, do you get a sense and a, um, uh, what would be your opinion of, do you get the, the, the influence of bourbon in our whiskey? Can you, can you sense the cask and the bourbon grade one bourbon barrels coming through? Is it something that you can associate with? I can a little bit. Um, you know, if you're, I don't try to compare different regions. I can get that, that little bit coming out of the, the bourbon barrel, but different regions, like you said, you guys are cooler temperature. We're here in Kentucky where we have some hot summers, not, extremely hot but we don't really have that cold of winters um and me and jim always talk about that different regions of the united states because kentucky is probably about the size of ireland um but the different regions of the united states all have some type of different whiskey one of the ones we always talk about is texas my home state and their whiskey is just so much different than everybody else's because their heat is so extreme there in the summertime. And they get about 20 to 30 degrees in the wintertime to where their whiskey is just different. So we don't try to compare a bourbon to a scotch or an Irish whiskey. We just, hey, it's whiskey from a different region and we want to try it. We want to get our listeners to drink it. We want them to buy it. Um or Irish whiskey coming on in the United States, I think true whiskey drinkers want to try a little bit of something and have a little bit of something on their shelf for every one of their visitors to their house. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, a fabulous point, and I think it's spot on in regards. You know, I, I think that the modern consumer, um, you know, if we go to somebody's house uh, or we go out for a night, um, we're the, the, the possibilities are we're going to have uh, some wine, we may try a cocktail, uh, we may have a bourbon, we may have an Irish, we may have a scotch. Um, and, and I think, you know, we're beginning to mix through the generations and, and mix through uh, the styles of, of whiskey, and uh, which is can only be more uh, beneficial to all the whiskey uh, categories, be it scotch, Irish or bourbon. So uh, I think everybody's going to be a winner here uh, if we all promote uh, you know the the mixed use of bourbons and because uh, our our whiskeys because that's where everybody is going. You know. Now, if you're gonna talk about having a mixed drink, and the twelve year would be some a mixer, I guess I would I'd probably mix that a little bit in the summertime. You guys actually have two recipes on your website. You have the peach smash recipe, um, and you also have the castle to castle recipe for two mixed drinks. Both sound just delicious to me uh mixing whiskey and cocktail whiskey uh, i guess the 14 to 16 is going to be a little more difficult uh but 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 certainly the 12 year old uh, is a very good launching point you know yeah as i continue to sip on this 16 it's the you know the the extra barrel influence is really starting to shine in it and i'm starting to really pick up uh you know a little bit more of the oaky barrel notes that i'm getting out of it um that extra two years in the Orosa cask, the extra time that's spent in the bourbon cask, in addition to that 12-year uh, of your main release, definitely gives it uh, a unique flavor. I wish I had an opportunity to try that 14, Mike. It sounds like it's a little more a little more fruity, a little more uh, summery. This one's a little more um, creamy spring, I think. Well, 
Jim, there's none left. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's her. yeah I, I think that's oh. a very good. That's a very good point, Jim. Um, uh, it is a big step from the twelve to the sixteen, and I guess that's why we have the fourteen there. Um, and it's a it's a lovely sort of a mild step from the twelve to the fourteen to the sixteen. I think that 16-year-old is a, it would be a special gift for somebody if you're looking for something. I think the MSRP on that's around a hundred dollars. If you're looking for an older whiskey to buy some money and you want to buy them a nice Christmas gift or a nice birthday gift, that'd be perfect for them. Even though I didn't taste it, I trust Jim's tastings on it. Um, I believe it'd be perfect for a gift for somebody. If you're looking for a retirement gift, birthday or Christmas, 16-year-old whiskey, it's kind of hard to come by, right? Um, and it's not too oaky from what Jim stated. If you would get a 16-year-old bourbon, you're going to get that little bit of bitterness, heavy oak coming through, and you're not going to get that with that Irish whiskey. So maybe surprise somebody and get them that 16-year. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, I sometimes find when we're doing tastings and, you know, I, I, I can be I can be blamed for just accepting that, you know, a single malt Irish whiskey is a 12, a 14, a 16. You know what? It's a long time to produce a 12, a 14, a 16. We're very lucky people to be able to uh, be able to be sampling such beautiful quality whiskey. And uh, and for the consumers, it is a really, really uh, great entry point at 12, 14 and 16 uh, to go on the journey of single malt. And I think the beauty of Napogue is that you can get entry level at 12, which is our opinion, the sort of the entry level. But go to 14 and appreciate some Sherry Arrasso. Go to 16 and experience that, but then jump into the Napogue finishes, which is your wine barn finishes. So I, I really think, you know, we're, we're really well set up uh, for the longevity of the consumer. And let's all go on this journey of Irish whiskey. Well, Tony, I'd, I'd like to say thank you for uh, having us on and sh- definitely sharing your whiskey with us. Me and Jim appreciate anybody that wants to share their whiskey with us. We want to tell the world about it. Uh, where can our listeners find Napogue Whiskey, Napogue Castle brands on uh, social media? So, Mike, it's Napogue Castle for Instagram. Facebook is Napogue Whiskey. All right, listeners, if you're if you're listening to this, follow Napogue Whiskey on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook go out there find yourself a bottle of this or go to an irish pub in america they've got thousands of them out there that have or carrying their whiskey in america go out there and get yourself a pour of this try it first if you like it then go to a store and buy it you can find us on instagram facebook twitter youtube at the bourbon road on facebook we actually have a private facebook group called the bourbon roadies there's about 1100 people in there like-minded like us that love whiskey they love talking about it they love sharing it we just don't sell whiskey in there to join a group all you have to do is answer three questions are you 21 do you love whiskey and do you agree to play nice because we don't tolerate any rudeness you can also buy our glasses that we drink out of the Bourbon Road Glencairn on our website, thebourbonroad.com. I also write a blog on there. It's not about the episode itself. It's just about what I'm thinking that day. Probably this week what I'm going to talk about is Irish whiskeys and Irish heritage in the United States. 
Of course, Jim has a little bit of Irish heritage in himself. He's a Shannon. So I think that's pretty dang cool. If you like what you're listening to, scroll on up, hit that subscribe button so you can get us every week. If you really love us and love what you're listening to, scroll down, hit that review button. It'll help us out. If you want to give us a five-star, give us a five-star. If you give us a one-star, though, please tell us how we can be better and so we can make this podcast better for you and what you want to hear. If you really want to hear something, you got an idea for a show, hit me and Jim up on our uh, email addresses from our website. We're always looking for new ideas, new whiskey companies to check out. We have two shows a week. We do a review of craft distilleries on Monday. And then on Wednesdays, we do a show like this where we'll have a guest on, a distillery, um, great people like Tony Carroll. We'll drink their whiskey because me and Jeb love some whiskey, right? So um, check that out. Yeah, and you know, Mike and I drink every week out of our distillery products glasses uh, and premium bar products. If you um, are needing some Glencairn glasses, some Rocks glasses, some Tua glasses, if you're needing a, a flask or a... Uh, decanter you definitely want to check these guys out premiumbarproducts.com will custom make with your logo your name your bar mantra whatever it might be they'll put that on your glass they have no minimum orders you can order one or four or 12 if you're a distillery or if you are a bourbon group or a whiskey group and you need to have a case or more definitely check out uh, distilleryproducts.com they will hook you up prices are great mike i'm jay shannon 63 i'm one big chief and we will see you down the bourbon road <laughs>